Hello, welcome to Adapt, episode 10. My name is Ryan Christofel, and I'm joined by my co-host, Federico Vatici. How's it going today, Federico? I'm doing all right. How are you, Ryan? Pretty good. Um, shocked that it's October and that we made it through September. We survived it once was, again. It was quite a month. <laughs> yeah, what, what a busy time. And it seems like every year, we kind of think that, you know, you get to September, it's going to be the busiest time of year, new iPhones, new other hardware, and then, of course, software. But then it seems like each year things are stretching out a little longer. Uh, I don't know if that's a result of Apple becoming bigger and bigger and having more products. This year, it was partly because the software release schedule was just all over the yeah. place. So last episode, um, the day that we published was the day iOS 13 came out. Yes. But then we were thinking that iPadOS and iOS 13.1 were going to come September 30th. Turns out it changed to September 24th. <laughs> and then it's just been all over the place since then. And by the time this episode comes out, it is possible that we will have the first beta of 13.2 already. So uh, enabling Deep Fusion, uh, there was a series of articles uh, earlier in the week. Uh, Apple went to TechCrunch and The Verge and a bunch of other websites to talk about the upcoming Deep Fusion photography feature of the iPhone 11 line. So in the span of two weeks, um, not only did 13.1 come out, but also we may have a beta of 13.2. So um, And just today, so we're recording this on Wednesday, just today Apple announced that in, uh, later this year there will be changes to Siri in that you will be able to text and call your friends using apps other than iMessage uh, and phone. So uh, Siri will be able to remember your preference for third-party messaging and phone apps, which is interesting, uh, but it feels like, to your point, in, in less than a month, so many things have happened, and it's sort of, um, it's kind of hard to keep track of everything. Um, I, I had to make a note for myself of, here's the features that actually launched in 13 and 13.1, and here's everything else that supposedly is coming out with 13.2. Yeah, it's been a lot, and, you know, we are... We're plugging away, using our iPads on iPadOS, mm -hmm. enjoying the new features that it's brought there, diving into shortcuts because we just started a series on that. But I feel like for myself, you know, this series that we're doing is a chance for me to actually start spending some serious time with the updates to shortcuts because for the last couple of months, there have been so many other things going on, so many things that need to cover uh, for the site or things that we talked about on the podcast. And... And I, I don't know, maybe for you, because you write these really in-depth reviews, you you get to dive in deep while doing that work. Whereas for me, I feel like I get to do it a little bit for different articles that I write, mm. but things have to settle down a little bit before I can really kind of have the mental space to think, okay, now what do I really want to do with these new tools that I have? And specifically with shortcuts and some of the things we'll talk about today, you know, how can the new shortcuts capabilities help me in my everyday life? You know, rather than just talking about the ways that different apps have adapted these features, um, I really want to find out, okay, for me, going forward, what can shortcuts do for me? And so I'm glad we're doing this series because it gives me an excuse to, mm -hmm. to spend more time with um, the app and the changes. Because otherwise, it just, you know, life goes on, there's, there's more work to be done, and and so it's nice when your work is uh, the thing that you 
want to spend more time on anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get what you mean. It takes a while to to you know for the news and all the changes to to settle in, and so you have the time to, especially with something like shortcuts, which is the kind of app that you need to sit down and study and think about what is it that I can that I can automate, that I can speed up, that I can improve and optimize in the way that I use my iPhone and iPad. And and I get that all the time from Mac Stories readers, for example. They they take a few days out of their schedule to read my my review and they think about, they make notes, which is which is, you know, always incredible to me to to hear that there's people reading the review and taking notes uh, for like Here's something that I didn't know that I could probably do. So that that's always awesome. Um, and you know, personally speaking, it is my job to write about shortcuts, to create shortcuts. And so I my perspective on this is a little is a little skewed towards always be making new stuff. Um, and especially over the past couple of weeks, uh I've been updating the Mac Stories Shortcuts Archive. Uh, slowly but surely, I'm going in and and re-downloading each shortcut and and posting an updated version for iOS 13 to make sure that people, when they download the the shortcuts, they you know they don't have any legacy actions or stuff like that. Um, and I'm, I've also been creating a lot of new shortcuts because now that the review is done and I can go back to my regular work, um, I want to write about the iPhone 11, so I'm working on a story about the iPhone 11 and the 11 Pro. But on the side, I'm also creating new shortcuts, and I have a lot of ideas. Um, and as uh, you know, the combination of reorganizing the archive and just finally having some time for myself, but also doing this series here on Adapt is giving me an opportunity to think and like, oh, maybe this could actually be a shortcut. So uh, it's always a great feeling for me for when the summer is over and the review is out and everything is done. I can finally think about some shortcuts that I can use myself and and later share well with our listeners and readers. Well, that's always nice. Um, that being said, we are continuing our series about shortcuts and the changes in iOS and iPadOS 13. And today we're going to talk about two features. We're going to talk about the share sheet and we're going to talk about the home screen. Um, why don't we start, Ryan, with the share sheet? Uh, because that is entirely new in iOS 13. We probably mentioned this before earlier in the summer. Uh, Apple updated the share sheet in in the new OS with an entirely new design. Uh, there's a section in my review about the share sheet. You can read more about that. Um, the core idea is, I guess, two two main features. Um, at the top of the share sheet, you will find suggestions for your contacts. So right now, they are mostly populated by uh, iMessage shortcuts. Uh, by shortcuts, I don't mean custom shortcuts, but uh, one tap buttons to share a photo or some text or a link with a specific friend uh, via the Messages app. So those contact-based suggestions are new in iOS 13. And in theory, the system should support third-party messaging apps as well. There's there's documentation on the Apple website for developers to integrate with the share sheet. So in theory, WhatsApp or Telegram or Skype or whatever they could integrate with the share sheet. I haven't seen any examples of that so far, but in theory, it is possible. The second major new feature of the share sheet is the new actions list. Before, the share sheet used to be organized in share and action extensions, and both of them were two horizontal rows of icons that you needed to scroll. In the new share sheet, you still have two rows of icons. Uh, you got the messages icons and you got the share extensions. 
the actions have become a vertical list at the very bottom of the of the share sheet and they are displayed in black and white with a monochrome glyph on the right side we talked about this before i covered this in my review but as far as shortcuts is concerned it bring this is a major change in that you no longer have the run shortcut well it used to be called run shortcut extension um, from iOS 12. So in the old system, when Shortcuts was not a built-in app, you could run Shortcuts from the share sheet, but you needed to go through the additional step of selecting uh, the Shortcuts extension first from the action extensions. Um, and once you selected that extension, it would bring up a grid in the share sheet, displaying your Shortcuts that were compatible with the share sheet using the same colors and using the same order that you had assigned in the shortcuts app. This, has, this extension has been entirely removed in iOS 13. There's no longer the additional step of selecting the shortcuts extension from the share sheet because all of your shortcuts, at least the ones that you have enabled for the share sheet, are now top-level actions. They are not contained within an extension anymore. Each shortcut that you have enabled for the share sheet is its own action in the vertical list of actions. You following me so far? Yep, got it. Okay. So, um, the main idea of what do you mean assigning a shortcut to the share sheet? That is still unchanged from iOS 12, and even the days of workflow is basically the same system. Uh, you can decide in, the short, in, in each shortcut's details screen which would be the, the option screen where you configure references uh, specific to the current shortcut, you can flip a toggle and say, uh, okay, I want to use this shortcut in the share sheet or I want to use this shortcut in the widget. Um, and when you enable a shortcut for the share sheet, you can specify, this is where it gets a bit tricky, you can specify which items the shortcut should accept from the share sheet. And you have a whole list of types like um, documents or photos or links, text, music, media, all kinds of different um, activity types that can be passed to the shortcut. Now these types control the, uh, the availability of each shortcut in the share sheet. For example, you may have a shortcut that you only wanna use in Safari and if if so, you would say, okay, this shortcut, I only, wanna, I only want this shortcut to accept the Safari web page item. Or maybe you have a shortcut that you only want to use in Apple Music. And so you would say, this shortcut should only accept media. And when you do this, you will have different shortcuts in different apps for different types of content. Um, it's, it can there probably should be a better way and an easier way to keep track of this. Um, instead, you gotta go into each shortcut's detail screen and remember, okay, so this shortcut for the share sheet accepts URLs or text and this other one actually only works with music. You gotta keep track of all of this, uh, but the upside is that it gives you a lot of freedom in terms of customizing the share sheet for the different types of content that you share. And personally speaking, I have, for example, four to five shortcuts that I'm only using photos. And I have a bunch of other shortcuts that I'm only using music. 
and I have a couple that I only use in Safari. So it's very nice to be able to break up, you know, my my to organize my shortcuts based on what I do with them when I share something with the share sheet. Um, you know, one nice change that Apple did make in iOS 13 is, like you mentioned, you can go into the detail screen to adjust what types of input the shortcut will accept, but they have also made that accessible right from the shortcut editor. So when you are viewing yes. a shortcut that is configured to um, populate the share sheet, then you will see at the very top of that shortcut in the editor, accepts and then whatever it's currently set up to accept, you can tap on that and adjust it from there, which I like that they made that more visible so mm -hmm. it's more clear uh, without having to take that extra step. And that's kind of a theme as we're talking about the share sheet of why the changes, which we're going to get into, I think are a good thing because it saves an extra step. But the same is true here. You don't have to go to the detail screen. It's not buried, hidden away. It's just right there when you're editing the shortcut. You can see what it accepts and change it, which is a nice little change. Yeah. And another tip, in 13.1, Apple uh, enabled the option of long pressing on a shortcut in the main library, so in the main grid view of, of the Shortcuts app, you can long press a shortcut and you will get a context menu showing you a preview of the first few actions of the shortcut, as well as uh, a few options in a menu at the bottom. And one of those options is details. So right from the library, you can jump directly onto the details screen of a shortcut. And that's where you will be able to um, activate the widget option or the share sheet option. So it's uh, even, you know, if you have a lot of shortcuts, it's even faster to get to the details screen. You no longer need to open the editor. And of course, uh, because context menus work on the iPhone and the iPad, this is not exclusive to 3D Touch uh, because 3D Touch doesn't exist anymore. So you can long press anywhere and you can jump to the details screen from there. So my first suggestions for our listeners would be if you want to enable some shortcuts for the share sheet, do not do what I've seen some people do and just enable all input types. I know that it takes a lot of time and I know that it takes a lot of trial and error, but trying to narrow down the input types that a shortcut needs to process for it to show up in the share sheet. So I know that it requires a bit of patience, but, uh, you know, go in there and if a shortcut should support just music, use media. Don't do like select all because otherwise you're going to end up with all your shortcuts in the share sheet all the time. And while that, that totally works, because then it's not an issue in the, in the context of even if you enable all input types, the shortcut is still going to work. It's still, you know, the shortcut will still know oh, I need to access the media item for music. So it's not a technical issue per se, but I think it's better for your organizational purposes if you actually go in there and do the work of enabling the specific inputs that a shortcut requires. And I mentioned this because one, of, I guess the, the main advantage of, of the share sheet in iOS 13 is that if you do the work of enabling specific inputs, you have greater flex flexibility for organizing the placement of your shortcuts within the share sheet. In iOS 13, the, the actions list is actually organized in, in three separate sections. There's your favorites, 
which are always pinned to the very top of the list. In the middle, there's the actions belonging to a specific app, which I'm going to talk about in a second. And at the bottom, the third section is everything else. The section in the middle, the actions belonging to a specific app, it means that those are not extensions that are available at a system-wide level. They are actions that are specific to the app you're currently using. For example, if you activate the share sheet while you're using the music app, in, those, in that middle section, in the vertical list, you will see options like add to playlist or love or create station, for example. Those are actions that are specific to music. They are not extensions available system-wide because it wouldn't make any sense to add to playlist from Safari, for example. Those are music actions. And in iOS 13, so this is where it gets quite tricky. In iOS 13, you can rearrange all of these, op all of these items. In your favorites, you can add a system-wide extension, so an extension coming from a third-party app. You can add an app-specific action, such as mm, love or add to playlists from music, or you can even add a shortcut. So you can, you can assign anything you want to your favorite actions. Um, there's a management screen accessed from the bottom of the actions list where you can go in there, flip a few switches, uh, rearrange actions with drag and drop, um, and you can basically create your own custom favorites list choosing from three main sources of actions. Once again, um, your shortcuts, the app-specific actions, and, uh, and everything else that, um, that, I, that is available as, a, as an extension. In my case, for example, I have the deliveries extension that is uh, constantly pinned to my favorites because I use deliveries a lot and it's always uh, at the very top of my, of my uh, actions list. So I know, once again, I know that it takes a while to get used to this system, but trust me, go in there, open the share sheet, um, take a look around, scroll to the very bottom of the list, and you will find a button that is called Edit Actions. And that screen will make a lot of sense once you're looking at it. Uh, I know that listening to audio isn't the best way to visualize what it actually looks like. Go in there and you will see the three sections that I just described, and you will be able to assign individual actions from apps, individual extensions, and individual shortcuts, and you can put together your own custom favorites list, which is exactly what I've done with uh, iOS and iPadOS 13 and my shortcuts. So to give you an example, Ryan, I'm now going through uh, the list of shortcuts, the, um, the list of actions that I have selected as favorites in the share sheet. So I'm in Safari, I open the share sheet, and at the very top of my actions list, so the vertical list, I see three different types of actions. There's a copy and add to reading list. These are Safari-specific actions. There's one password and deliveries. These are two third-party extensions. And there's another called extensions menu. Extensions menu is a custom shortcut of mine that contains um, a bunch of frequently used shortcuts that I want to access from the share sheet in Safari. So right here, this is an example of what you can do with the new share sheet. You can mix and match different types of actions 
with your shortcuts, with other apps, and with actions belonging to the app you're currently using. And because of this system, the share sheet actually changes dynamically between apps. So if I open music and I view my extensions and I view my, sorry, my actions at the bottom, I will still see deliveries uh, because it's always there. It's enabled system-wide. But now in a, uh, instead of uh, the extension menu, I see, for example, iTunes Share, which is a shortcut that I use to get the direct Apple Music link to a song. Um, so there's a, a different set of actions uh, between music and between Safari. And so what I would recommend our listeners do is, uh, first recommendation, as I mentioned, open shortcuts. And the shortcuts that you want to enable for the share sheet, make sure that you select the correct input types. Takes a lot of work, but trust me, it's going to be worth it. Later, in the share sheet, customize your actions list so that you, you can truly optimize the actions based on the app that you're currently using and based on the shortcuts that you want to use in a specific app. Because the new system makes it possible for you to have specific shortcuts for specific apps. This was possible before, but you no longer have the additional step of having to select the shortcuts extension first. All of your shortcuts are top-level items, and once you get how this system works, having a list of actions that changes dynamically between apps is really, really awesome. And so, again, it takes a bunch of time to put all of this together. I know that I'm still tweaking the share sheet, for example, but overall, I think I'm sold on the new system. Yeah, I have been a fan of it, honestly, ever since the first beta. I know you weren't initially. Um, it, it definitely is a bit jarring, especially, yeah. I'm sure, for someone who has hundreds of shortcuts mm -hmm. to open the new share sheet and see an endless action list with all of these different shortcuts automatically populated there. Um, I'm sure that was overwhelming. For me, I don't have quite as many shortcuts, so it wasn't as big a problem to kind of organize them. But I've been loving the ability to have just single tap access to specific shortcuts for specific types of content that I want to share. And so a few examples of ones that I use all the time is uh, in the Photos app. If I hit the share sheet when I have a particular photo selected or I have multiple photos selected, uh, the first thing that I see in my favorite section of the share sheet is Apple Frames, which is a shortcut that you created to frame screenshots for an iPhone, iPad, other devices um, into the device frames, which is kind of the style of images that we use a lot on Mac Stories. Mm -hmm. And so that's at the very top of the um, shortcuts that I have in my favorite section. Um, another shortcut that is right there in favorites is upload image which it, this is a common theme it's another shortcut you created federico yes um but it is for uploading photos to our cdn that we use for mac stories and so i run those two shortcuts all the time via the share sheet and the ability to have them right at the top of my favorites is really nice i, I know that you could arrange things before when it was a you know horizontally scrolling list where the things that you wanted or you know wanted to use most often were on the far left but 
these specific actions, these specific shortcuts were hidden behind the you know, run shortcut action extension. And now they're just right there. I can see right off the bat without having to tap anything else exactly what the action's gonna do. And I really like that. I feel like it saves a lot of time. It's mm-hmm. a really small thing saving one tap, but when you do it so many times every single day, um, I, I find it a lot more useful. And also, um, one of the drawbacks, I think, to the old system of the run shortcut extension, which then pulled up kind of the grid of different shortcuts you had, is that it seemed like that grid would regularly change because, let's say, I was regularly adding new shortcuts. um, And depending on the positioning of the shortcuts, as I had them in the shortcuts app and the grid that's there, the layout would change in the extension. And so my muscle memory, you know, would start to get used to, oh, this one shortcut is always going to be in this spot once I run the the action extension. But then depending on how things changed for me in the shortcuts app and new shortcuts that I added, it would regularly get messed up. And it's it's not a huge problem because I could then go into the shortcuts app and rearrange things. Or let's say I had just downloaded a shortcut that um, accepted uh, URLs or media or whatever that kind of input that it um, recognizes that I didn't used to have the shortcut, but now it's it recognizes those things, which means that it shows up in the shortcuts action extension when I run it, and I'm not used to that. Uh, and so I have to go into that shortcut, you know, change what it accepts so that it won't show up or just rearrange it. Either way, it was a fixable problem, but it was an issue that I ran into a lot every time, really, every, every time I would add a new shortcut. And with the amount of shortcuts that you create, I would add them somewhat regularly. And it was just frustrating having to deal with rearranging my shortcuts regularly. Whereas now, the shortcuts that I want to run sit right there in my favorites, and the order doesn't change. You know, no matter what other shortcuts I download, those shortcuts don't get added to my favorites right away. I have to manually do that. And once I do that, they stay in the order that I want them, which I think is fantastic. Um, now, on the other hand, I, I want to ask you a question because something you mentioned in passing just a minute ago mm-hmm. is that you can create a shortcut, and I know you have created shortcuts, that pull up a menu yeah. of options of other shortcuts that you could run. And this is kind of a way that you have sort of worked around the fact that the run shortcut extension no longer exists. Um, And so you have a shortcut, or maybe multiples, that you can run from the share sheet, and then it pulls up a menu to, you know, with all the different options of other shortcuts that you could run, which is basically recreating the old (laughs) extension, but in your own way. So can you talk about that a little more? Sure. Um, So what I do is I I realize I have shortcuts that I frequently use in specific apps. Uh, I mentioned Safari as an example. But I maybe don't need to have as top-level items. And so what I did was I created a single shortcut that contains a choose-from-menu action. And the choose-from-menu action allows me to put in multiple options. Um, and each option is a shortcut. And to, ma- to do this, you know, what you do is you create the options of the menu, and then you use the action called Run Shortcut. Because shortcuts, as an action, 
to run other shortcuts. This was added uh, back in the days of workflow, um, and it's still here. So you can you can invoke any other shortcut from the app programmatically using this action. And the the thing to keep in mind, which was actually improved in iOS 13, um, is to make sure that you're double checking the inputs that you're passing to each shortcut. Um, because when you're putting together the menu, you have the main shortcut input magic variable. Uh, in this case, it would be the Safari web page. Um, but if you have a menu that deals with multiple types of shortcuts, you want to make sure that each shortcut gets the input that it needs. Um, for example, there's a there's a shortcut that I may want to use either in Safari or in Photos. And it's a shortcut that resizes an image. In Safari, it takes the shortcut, the image from a Safari selection, so from a, something that I selected on the web page. But when it runs in Photos, it needs to get not the Safari web page, but it needs to get the photo, the photo item. Um, and so when you use this method of choose from menu and then run a shortcut, my suggestion would be to double check the input that you're passing to the shortcut by expanding the run shortcut action. So you can tap on show more to reveal more options. And one of those options is input. So there's a magic variable in there that you can customize its parameter. You can put the correct um, input item that you want to pass to each shortcut. And another tip would be, remember, you can always tap on any variable or magic variable in shortcuts and change its type. So you can, for example, if you want to use the shortcut input variable and you have a menu and one shortcut requires the shortcut input to be a Safari web page, but another shortcut requires the same shortcut input to be media, what you're going to do is you're going to have the run shortcut action and for each one you need to show more, tap on shortcut input, one of them you're going to select Safari web page as the type and the other one you're going to select media. So remember you this was possible in workflow, it's still possible in shortcuts, you can always tap on a variable to inspect, uh, I think it's called the magic variable inspector. Um, to see the type of variable that it is. And you can always change the type. So you can say, no, I want this, the, the input to be um, a photo or I want it to be text. You always have that type of control. And this is exactly what I've done with my um, sort of workaround to recreate a shortcut extension uh, with a list of other shortcuts to run. Okay, yeah, I, I think that's a, a handy tip for people who you know, maybe they liked the way that the old extension ran and um, the ability to create a menu, which essentially does the same thing, but without the negatives that I mentioned earlier, where things might get rearranged yeah. without you intending for them to. Um, that That's a great tip. The second topic that I want to cover today, which is uh, a bit easier than the share sheet, is adding shortcuts to the home screen. So this was possible before. It was possible in the days of workflow and shortcuts in iOS 12. But the system is all new and much better and much faster and more reliable in iOS 13. You can still add a shortcut to the home screen as before in the sense that you can open the details screen 
and you will find an option called add to home screen. And that was in the same placement as before. What has changed is that adding to the home screen is now a native feature of shortcuts. Before, with Workflow and shortcuts in iOS 12, this feature was based essentially on a hack, on a workaround that involved uh, launching a shortcut as a Safari web app. So as a web app from the home screen that would then redirect you to the shortcuts app to run the shortcut. Um, I reverse engineered this feature last year and I created a shortcut called Home Screen Icon Creator, which basically used the same system to let you create launchers for anything on the home screen. And that was based on, um, I detailed the, how the, the feature worked in my article, but it was basically a workaround that involved uh, taking advantage of the web clip functionality of Safari. That has been entirely removed in the new Shortcuts app. When you add a shortcut to the home screen, you no longer need to go to Safari. You no longer see the web app before you, after typing the icon. It's all native. So you do add to home screen and the icon goes straight to the home screen. And when you tap it, it opens the Shortcuts app immediately in a fraction of a second and it runs your shortcut immediately. It's super awesome, it's super fast, and it's much, much more reliable than before. I love it. But what Apple has also done in 13.1, and you may have seen the announcement on Mac Stories, it enables you to customize the icon for your home screen shortcuts by using PNG files. And if you have the proper PNG files um, with transparency, you will be able to keep the original color of your shortcuts but customize the icon. So you're going to have a custom glyph. Uh, Apple has a selection of glyph, uh, glyphs to, to choose from in the Shortcuts app, but they're not too many, so you can make your own. And if you have PNG files, you will have a custom glyph, but still the original color of your shortcut. And at Mac Stories, we launched this product called the Mac Stories Shortcuts Icons. They are 300 icons. Uh, to customize shortcuts on the home screen. And it's the kind of product that I made primarily for myself in that they were designed by Silvia um, under the new Mac Stories Pixel brand. And she basically made icons for the shortcuts users like me who would like to, you know, who have always been chasing this dream of the perfect shortcuts home screen. Uh, basically a home screen entirely or at least very heavily influenced by shortcuts. Um, and basically, ever since launching the Mac Stories shortcuts icons, I've been using them myself to completely rethink my home screens. Because it is so much faster to run a shortcut from the home screen, I no longer have that tiny bit of friction that used to be there in iOS 12. And the combination of faster activation for shortcuts from the home screen, and truly custom icons that allow me to choose from more and more specific glyph options. The combination of those two factors has convinced me that I want to have a home screen that is primarily skewed towards shortcuts. So I'm going to try and share some examples with you that maybe you can embed somewhere, Ryan, and there's going to be links in the show notes 
for those who want to get more details on the icons. But basically, my home screen on the iPhone right now um, has a mix of shortcuts and icons. I have a shortcut, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, actually, as part of my challenge, um, to control the color of my lights. I have a shortcut that opens a specific note in Apple Notes. And I have a shortcut that, of course, brings up a menu to choose from a collection of notes to reopen. On the iPad, I use even more. I have even more shortcuts on my home screen. I have one to see the latest news from 9to5Mac or Daring Fireball or Mac Rumors. I have uh, four of them to start specific timers in Toggle. I have another in my dock to stop any ongoing timer in Toggle. Uh, yeah, I have a bunch. I have another that opens a specific board in Trello, and I use them all the time because they're so much faster to use. And also, like, Apple doesn't make uh, glyphs for time tracking. They don't make glyphs for uh, SSH. They don't make glyphs for uh, Trello boards or Apple frames, my shortcut that you mentioned. And having these custom options... Um, it's truly, it's truly amazing. Like I'm the first customer of the of the shortcuts icons because I really use them a lot. And I mean, so right now, and we're probably gonna do an episode in the future, or maybe I should do an article and actually show the images. I'm basically rethinking, um, and it's taking me a while. I'm basically rethinking my my home screens everywhere, both on the iPhone and the iPad Pro, around shortcuts. And add to that the fact that I just discovered that it's possible to reopen to launch specific settings in the settings app in 13.1. I wrote about this on Mac Stories a few days ago. And so right now, my home screen situation is entirely in flux because of that. Um, I need to understand what are the shortcuts that I want to have on my first page, on my second page, on the third page. But I'm, I've already noticed just how much more efficient I've become uh, thanks to shortcuts on the home screen. And the fact that the icons are easier to see they still have the colors that I assigned in the app, but they have a custom glyph. But even better, the running the shortcut is so much faster and doesn't involve the dance of showing you a splash screen as in iOS 12. So the whole system is amazing. And uh, I, didn't think, I didn't think I would become this person of you know the guy who has a home, the shortcuts home screen, but here we are, and it's pretty awesome. Uh, I, I love it. I'm in a very similar place to you in that my home screen is in flux. I know that I want to integrate some different home screen shortcuts, but I don't know which ones to uh -huh. do that with. And I think that besides all the changes that you've already mentioned that make it a great time to use home screen shortcuts, such as, you know, they're no longer opening Safari first. Um, for someone like me who likes to always keep his Safari tabs nice and tidy and close my tabs as much as possible. Uh -huh. um, the fact that I don't have to create a new blank tab every time I run a shortcut from the home screen is a fantastic change. Um, but in addition to that, being able to use transparent PNGs so that you can have these custom icons like Sylvia's created, that's all fantastic. But the other thing that I think makes it a great time to use home screen shortcuts is that the iPad's home screen can now hold a lot more icons yes. than it used to. Yes. So it used to be that, you know, if, if you are a heavy iPad user, you almost certainly have your dock entirely full of apps. Um, you maybe have a folder or two in the dock as well. 
And then with the old setup, even if you had a big 12.9 inch iPad Pro, the home screen could only hold 20 apps or 20 icons. And, you know, I think depending on how many different apps you use, that may or may not have left you space for some shortcuts on the home screen as well. But I'm a pretty heavy iPad user. I, you know, I wake up in the morning, I'm using my iPad from about 6.15, 6.30 a.m. until about 10 p.m. lots of days. So I use the iPad a lot. I use a lot of different apps for Mac stories for this show. Um, but even with all that said, for lots of the summer, I was looking at the new home screen setup enabled by iPad OS, where you can hold 30 apps on a single screen, in addition to having widgets pinned on the home screen. And I was like, what am I going to do with all these extra slots on my home screen? Because mm -hmm. there aren't that many apps that I use every single day that I really want you know, easy access to from the home screen. And so if you're in a similar boat where, you know, Apple, they've created all these extra slots um, and yet you can't, you know, just put icons wherever you want to, like you could potentially on Android, um, you still have to follow the kind of the grid layout. Um, you can't have some icons on the bottom of the screen without having some on the top of the screen as well. That's not really possible. And so you might as well fill up that space and home screen shortcuts are a great way to do that. And so I've been thinking about this too. Um, I don't have the answer yet, but I, I think it's pretty neat that in a year where we had a redesign of the home screen for the first time ever on iPad, mm -hmm. um, and in some ways it didn't quite go as far as some iPad users hoped. We got widgets, we got an expanded you know, roster of icons that can go there now, um, but you know, some other things that people wanted, such as having shortcuts on the home screen in a more native way, um, or even having files on the home screen like you would on a Mac desktop. Those things weren't added, at least not by default, but Apple did kind of, with these changes that they've made, enable shortcuts on the home screen in a much more native, you know, easy to use way. Um, the next step would be you know, being able to run a shortcut from the home screen and not having to go into the shortcuts app for it to execute. Um, that'd be great if Apple could make a change to where it, the shortcut runs entirely from the home screen without having to see shortcuts the app at all. Um, and then also, as far as files go, I know you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, it would be great if shortcuts had the ability to launch specific files or folders inside yep. the files app. Yep. I mean, that would be... Like that would be, I think, a really popular use case for home screen shortcuts for lots of iPad users. And so I'm hoping that that's going to come maybe in the next year or so. But even without those things, um, Apple has done a lot to make the home screen a lot more powerful in iPad OS with the widgets, with more icons, and the ability to run shortcuts more easily. Well, I didn't think we would talk uh, for 45 minutes about uh, the share sheet and the home screen, but um, yeah, I guess uh, we had a few things to share. Um, we need to talk about my challenge, Ryan. We do, yes. What you made um, me do this week. Oh, gosh. So I'm looking at your notes, and I, I feel so bad, but at the same time, I 
Well, okay, we'll we'll get into it. Um, mm-hmm. Let me recap real quick. So I challenged you to use the app Clips, which Apple makes. It's a video creation app um, to use Clips to illustrate something that we were going to talk about on this show mm-hmm. related to shortcuts. And so, you know, I said you could use screen recordings. You could maybe use video that you captured with your iPad uh, potentially to show uh, the impact of a shortcut that's running in the real world. So maybe in your home, those are just some ideas. And uh, I just wanted you to be creative, use clips to make a video that can illustrate to our listeners something that we talked about related to shortcuts. Because it's really, you know, we obviously we're doing the shortcut series and we're really hopeful that it will help people kind of get a better grasp on what shortcuts can do for them. But shortcuts is easy, you know, it's easier to communicate through video, um, I think. Uh, and so I wanted you to make a video and and you did. And mm-hmm. it's a good video, but it sounds like you didn't necessarily have the best time doing it. No, I did not enjoy making this video. I think it's, it's a decent video. It, it, it illustrates how I use um, uh, shortcuts on the home screen to control the color of my lights. Um, and it's both, there's a screen recording and there's a video that I recorded in my kitchen slash living room uh, showing you changing the color of a Philips Hue light. The problem is, and I should preface this by saying that I got so annoyed and frustrated uh, while working in clips that Silvia noticed and said, I will get in touch with Ryan about the well-being of Federico because he's already <laughs> stressed on his own. Uh. It doesn't need the additional stress. So that's what she said. And um, so I don't know, maybe she'll be in touch, maybe not. Um, I thought this would be fun for you, Federico. It's not really fun. Did. Clips is a bad app. Clips as an insane UI for... Um, no, hmm. it's bad. Clips is bad and the people <sighs> who make it should feel bad. Um, wow yes uh okay I'll, I'll let you have your piece and then i'm, I'm i've got to talk a little bit as well because uh-huh. i actually really like clips but we'll we'll get into clips that. is bad because you can only record videos in a square format for some Very reason true. that um, yeah that that is bad i agree with you on that clips can only be used in portrait mode on the ipad uh. Okay. Try, that is also try, bad yes try <laughs> using clips on a 12.8 inch ipad pro in portrait um, Clips has a, an absurd interface for adding a video that you already have in your photo library to a new project. You would think that once you have a video, as in any other video editing app, you select a video from a, from a video picker and the video gets added to your project, right? It, it it's the way that it works in iMovie. It's the way that it works on Instagram. Even it's the way that it works in LumaFusion. You select a video, you've picked a video, and that's it. But no, in Clips, what you need to do is, and I figured this out after a solid couple of hours because I didn't want to Google. Uh, you know, I felt stupid having to Google how to use Clips. Once you select a video, the video is not part of your project. To add a video to your project, you need to tap and hold a record button. You're basically recording the video again. You're recording on top of a video that's already been recorded. It makes absolutely no sense. So what you can do is you can either tap and hold 
or you can tap, hold, and lock the recording mode so you don't need to hold your finger down on screen. But basically, once you're in recording mode, the video is going to play itself for the whole duration of the video. But in, the audio doesn't play, so you cannot listen back as you're doing this insane maneuver of recording something that's already been recorded. And I guess the idea is that Apple chose this interaction because you can talk over a video that you're importing from your library. So let me describe my situation. I wanted to have this video that was half a screen recording and the other half an actual video. So to do the screen recording, I used my podcasting setup to record voiceover on my iPad Pro. I have my, and I described this setup um, in my story back in May, Beyond the Tablet. So I have a USB audio interface and a microphone and headphones and all of that. Um, and using the screen recording feature of iOS and iPadOS, um, I selected the microphone as input. The microphone gets automatically picked up by the system as an external mic. And you can do this by opening Control Center, long pressing on the screen recording icon, and you will get a menu that says uh, microphone input on. So I recorded a video of me talking into the microphone and, and using the home screen and shortcuts. So I had that video saved in my photos library. But then once I figured out in Clips how to import the video, I basically, almost in disbelief, I tapped, I basically held down my finger in the display to do this thing of recording the video again. And then I realized why Apple did it. It's because while you're holding down to import a video, you can talk over it. And I guess the idea would be you can import a video and then add your comments to the video. So basically, I ended up with a Clips project that had my screen recording with my audio. And on top of it, Silvia and I making fun of Clips in Italian because the Clips was picking up the device's microphone as I was holding down on the record button. I, like, I, I'm not sure that, that describing this interaction on a podcast makes sense. It doesn't make sense in real life. I'm pretty sure it doesn't make sense in an audio format because it is unlike anything you may have seen to import a video in a video editing application. It, I don't understand who made this, like, why was this decision made? I'm sure there could have been other ways to add your comments on top of a video. And yet, this is what you need to do in Clips if you want to import a video to a project. I agree that it would be nice to have oh, an be, option it would be nice. to just That's what you're going for? have it the whole video nice. automatically. Well, okay, so here's, here's the thing. The name of the app is Clips. Uh-huh. And so the assumption is not that you're going to make this, you know, longer video and just import something that you already shot and use that whole thing. Then why did you make me do you're it? You're gonna you're gonna use little clips of things. And why so why did you make me you, do it, Ryan? Why? <laughs> I I really like this app. I I I admit that it has a learning curve, and I admit that it's counterintuitive to import a video and then have to record parts of that video. <laughs> But like you said, you can speak over it. You can have these live titles that display on screen. You can add um, little stickers and other things to point out different parts of the video. And it once once it clicks, which it sounds like it never did for no. you. Um, <laughs> no. But 
for me, the number of times that I've used it, once I got it, then I actually really liked the way that it worked. For for the sake of people who are more used to traditional video editors, I I agree it would be good to have the option to just import the video and then say, yes, I want this whole video to be part of my project. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That would be great. Um, I wouldn't want to lose the option that is currently there, though, of just recording specific parts of the video, because otherwise you're going to have to crop it in the Photos app, and th- you know that's an extra step. Whereas as you are recording it here, you can add different you know, stickers, you can speak over it, have live titles. I, uh, I'm sad that you didn't enjoy it. I, mm. I really am, because I think there's a lot of potential there once once you get over the learning curve, but it it definitely takes some time to get there. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, it's called Clips, so it's not a full video editor, which means you cannot do things like, uh, at least I couldn't discover them. I- I'm pretty sure they're absent from Clips, but if the features are in there, please let me know. Uh, you cannot do things like transitions or have text appear only at a specific time frame. So from like from second 10 to second 15, show some text on screen. That's not possible. Um, it's like you're not dealing with iMovie or LumaFusion here. It's m- This app is meant to create clips that you're going to share on social media. And I, and I guess judging from the square format on Instagram, because that's what made the square format popular, um, it's not that I don't... In- like. If anything, this, this challenge um, made me realize a few things. Um, I do enjoy doing I do enjoy doing video. It's it's very time consuming. I needed to do multiple takes for the screen recording itself because I kept you know uh, mispronouncing things or just I didn't like the way that it was coming out. So it's a lot of work. Video is time consuming, but video is excellent if you want to show off something. You know that that just you can understand something in a video in five seconds, and it would take you three uh, three paragraphs to describe the same interaction with text. So. I mentioned before that video is one of the things that I want to get better at, that I want to do more often, that I want to do more, more seriously. And just doing this three-minute project showed me that, like how much easier it was to show off a shortcut and its output in a video compared to a block of text. It was so much better. But also, uh, if Apple is serious about clips, they need to seriously think a lot about the interactions that they force upon users with clips. Um, I'm not sure what, like, I I get what they want to do. Like, they want to have something that you can press and hold record and mix and match different things. But I guess the reality of the situation is, especially with the iPhone 11, people are just going to use Quick Take. You know, people are just going to uh, record videos from the home screen with Quick Take and, may, and then maybe later they want to share them with clips. But you got to make it easier for people to import those videos and to use different formats that are not square. So. There's something to clips, but in its current form, it is it is uh, and I and I feel sorry for saying this, but it's terrible. It's it's just it's a very bad app, and I get what you like about it. There's some features that are you know the the, the scenes based on on the true depth cameras uh, are amazing. I didn't use them in my review in my video because it didn't make sense to use them, but they are truly remarkable. Um, the stickers are fun. I get it, and it syncs with iCloud, and it's very simple to use, but it's simple to a fault. Um, so, I would love to see some updates. But yeah, working on working on video is is fun, and um, I should do it more often. And um, 
Oh yeah, and there's a bunch of things that I couldn't figure out, like uh, how to balance the volume between the two videos, how to properly center the screen recording vertically on the canvas. I had no idea how to do that. Uh, so there's a bunch of flaws in the video, of course, but it was a challenge, so it's not something that is going up on YouTube anytime soon. Uh, we should probably figure out a way for listeners to find it. I guess we can put it somewhere in Dropbox or iCloud Drive and people can download it and, and check it out for themselves. Yeah, I, um, I'm so sad that, that uh, this app didn't, didn't click with you. Don't be, I, wait for my challenge. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, as far as, it, it definitely doesn't work like a normal video editor, and it's not meant to be a replacement for things like iMovie. Um, but, you know, the way that it does work, at least for me, and I, I think, you know, different strokes for different folks, but... I like the way that it works because it once you get over the learning curve, it seems simpler to me um, versus using a more traditional video editor where it's a little more complicated. And yeah, like you said, maybe it is just simple to a fault. Um, but I, I definitely think it needs a lot of improvement. I definitely think Apple needs to enable uh, different orientations and not just square mm -hmm. video. Um, and do some other things to help make it more user-friendly. I think there's a lot of potential. I don't know. I mean, Apple continues to update it somewhat regularly. Yeah. And I'm shocked that it's still Square Video because, <laughs> and portrait you know, like only. you said, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's not as surprising because I'm guessing most people will use it on their iPhone rather than their iPad. Mm. Um, for a while, there was an iCloud Sync. They did add iCloud Sync for your projects at one point, which is nice. But... You know, if it if it's square because Instagram is square, well, these days in 2019, Instagram stories are a much bigger thing even than standard Instagram photos, and Instagram stories are not square. So Apple needs to kind of get with the modern times and make some adjustments if they want this app to be successful. But I applaud your efforts. I'm sorry that it was rough, and. Um, mm -hmm. How many more times do I need to say sorry for you to give me an easy challenge? Well, we'll see about that. I think we are running a little over. We're going to have to pass on Ask Adapt for this episode. But if you have questions for us, please write in. Uh, tweet with the hashtag Ask Adapt. And we will hopefully be able to answer those questions in a future episode. But for today, to wrap up the episode, Federico, you have a challenge for me. Mm -hmm. Um, did, did you think of this challenge while you were frustrated using clips yes. or did you kind of let yourself calm down a little nope. bit first? Oh, no. Nope. <sighs> okay. Okay. Well, what? I let's hear it. I think it'll be for you an, an, uh, an opportunity to learn something new, um, something maybe challenging. I don't know. So my challenge for you is the following, Ryan. Um, I want you try and publish something on Mac Stories. So it needs to be in Markdown. But the app that you're going to need to write that post is Microsoft Word. So I want you to figure out a way. What? I want you to figure out a way to write something in Microsoft Word, oh. convert it to Markdown, and publish it on Mac Stories. Why? Well, because I think it's, uh, it's there's a, uh, you know, the idea of, and look, I, I think I know already what the solution could be, but um, <sighs> figure out a way to convert the docx format to markdown and plain text. There's okay. a bunch of ways. Okay. Trust me. Um, it's not as terrible as you think. 
I know that Microsoft Word. You want me to use Microsoft Word? Yeah, I mean it's gotten a lot better <sighs> over the years. Uh, I thought you were just gonna make me use something other than Ulysses because you know how much I love Ulysses, and so it would have been, you know, frustrating even just using any other app. But you go to Microsoft Word. Well, that wouldn't okay. be a challenge. So I, I think you know, Microsoft mm. Word has a lot of features that are not in Pages. So I think for you, True. it'll be an opportunity to understand why a lot of people to this day still pay for Office and use Word instead of iWork and Pages. So um, I, I already know the answer. It's just because Enterprise, that's that's the thing. It's the uh, standard. Okay. Well, if you, you're figuring out why. Uh, so, okay. Uh, use Microsoft Word. Oh, man. And then com somehow convert it to Markdown and, and publish on Mac Stories. <laughs> you are cruel indeed. Okay. I will do it. Mm -hmm. Good luck. <laughs> it's not going to be a long article, that's for sure. But I will. Hey, maybe you're going to like it. I'll... Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. Next episode, it's like I'm switching, to Microsoft, switching Word. to Microsoft Word. Wow, that would be something. You should do that as an April Fool's joke one of these years. Just like tweet, like, oh, I, I've experimented with all these Markdown editors, but I finally found the perfect text editor for me. <laughs> Microsoft, Microsoft Word. Word. <laughs> that, that would throw some people for a loop. <laughs> <sighs> okay mm -hmm. i'll i will give it a shot <laughs> yeah I, i'll have fun okay well this has been episode 10 of adapt uh if you want to find show notes for this episode you can go to relay.fm slash adapt slash 10 if you want to follow us online federico's on twitter and instagram as at vitici that's v-i-t-i-c-c-i -I -I. Uh, you can find me on twitter as at i ryan t-l-d-r that's i-r-y-a-n t-l-d-r and we're both writing at MacStories.net. I will get to work writing something in Microsoft Word and get this challenge over with as soon as I possibly can. Um, and then I'll report back on it next time. So until then, Federico, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Bye.